welcome B2B startups, change-ups, scale-ups, and grown-ups. This is the B2B Lead Gen Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Schwartzman. Let's do this. Welcome to the B2B Lead Gen Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Schwartzman. My guest today, Anna Levadeva. She is the Director of Growth at SEM Rush, a competitive research service for online marketing. Anna, thanks for joining us. Uh, hi, guys. I'm very happy to join the podcast. So you're introducing SEM Rush to new markets. Some of these markets, you know, are newer, I would think, to uh, uh, search engine marketing um, and to online digital marketing. Um, first, before I, I accept the premise, is that true? I mean, do you find when you open, uh, you know, the service, when you push into Brazil or you push into a new market that you're, for the most part, dealing with a customer that uh, is less sophisticated? If we talk about the search engine optimization market, then, of course, uh, they're much behind than the U.S., for example. And people, they have much less knowledge there about search engine optimization than in the, in the U.S. But at the same time, this country is super advanced with content marketing. And at the same time, content marketing is a very big part of search engine optimization. They know so much about content marketing there, but at the same time, they know much less about the, like the technical search engine optimization, about more advanced techniques. For Brazil, I would say that like for each country, you really need to invest your time uh, into reading like what kind of content they already have, so to understand what like how deep they know a certain topic. So I don't know Portuguese myself. Some content I've been reading with the Google Translate, even using that. We didn't go there directly with search engine optimization topics. We went there with the content marketing things, which were already popular there, and then easily consumed. And then we start ending like content on search engine optimization. So like for each country, you really need to see what they already know and what they know less. At the same time, if you talk about Scandinavian countries or, for example, Germany, these people are very technical. <laughs> so you just can't, like, like, we produce a lot of content in English. But the thing is that we can't just translate this content into Scandinavian languages or into German because that, 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 that people, uh, the people there, they love to see more data. Uh, so each time you really need to you really need to learn the local local um, dream to get local inside of how people consume the information and what kind of information they really love to love to read and which is very easy for them to digest and to process. What have you learned about the Australian market? Where are they? Australian market is. Um, it's very interesting because uh, it's kind of far away, you know, like Australia is really like, I think it's the most like far away country from anything. Yeah. And they, and they're so, these people are so grateful when you do something for them, you know, like, 
when I launched our public uh, relations things there, I started publishing uh, researches about the things. What are what are the most searched? I don't know uh, people uh, in Australia. What are the most popular? I don't know dishes in Australia. What are the most I don't know visited websites in Australia? And the media there they were so grateful to me because they said, "Oh my God, you do something specifically for Australia," because they always feel abandoned because everybody think about like most of the marketers like because they they think that we need to produce stuff for, for the U.S. and because this stuff this content content is in English it is okay then to then to offer this content to Australian market or to uh, Canadian market but Australians are super grateful if you do something specific for their market and they do have um they're very they're very uh, they're very uh, uh, thankful when they when when you find the time and when you produce content uh, specifically for them, and they are ready to publish this content on their like local media media resources. Uh, I would say uh, Australians are in a way uh, they're very they're super friendly. That's it's very easy to work with them. But of course, I would say they bit maybe a bit less faster than the Americans. I, I think the Americans, of course, uh, they're the fastest nations in making any uh, decisions. That's why the economy is growing so fast. What about um, New Zealand? How, do you have experience over there? Have you guys pushed into New Zealand at all? No, honestly, no. We've never touched uh, New Zealand specifically in terms of like public relations or like general marketing. Uh, so no, we, we, we've never done anything like specific for New Zealand. No, never. Is Australia sophisticated with respect to SEO and SEM and content marketing? Yeah, uh, it is. Uh, there are like uh, there are like a lot of like world famous uh, professionals in Australia who speak a lot of the U.S. conferences in the U.K. But at the same time, what I think is that if you talk about the digital marketing market, it is it is it is not that busy than in the US. It's much easier to open up a digital agency there. Uh, it, it's very easy, and it's much easier to succeed there than in the US because in the US competition is pretty enormous. The market is very uh, mature in there. So there are a lot of players. But in Australia, if you go there and you and you want to open up like a digital marketing service, I wouldn't say that it's easy, but it would be much easier than in the US to succeed because the competition is not so rough there. Are there stages of search marketing maturity that you market to? Or is it always different country by country? We offer the same tool for every single country. But we do distinguish in content in relates to the to the topics as as I mentioned before, for example, for Brazilian market, we enter the market with content marketing uh, and at the same time, we do pay a lot of attention how our content is packaged, for example, as I mentioned before, 
for Northern Europe, for Germany, you really need to go very technical and offer a lot of numbers and a lot of facts. When you're marketing your service, what are, what are the problems that your customers have that you're solving? We believe that SMRush ensures like marketing professional um, have time for creativity and experiment while SMRush takes care of data. So we want to we want to take the dirty job, we want to take the routine job on ourselves, so to free marketers so they have more time for creativity and experiment. So we like we believe that we are the uh, a- analytics body of any marketer. We are like their like mentor in digital marketing world and kind of the compass to the new market. So uh, we believe that with, without tool, uh, um, professional marketers or the beginners, they can really like do less routine and find the time more for creative marketing. And you find that um, a newbie that's really just trying to figure out what SEO is all about, do they respond to that message about data? If you start doing your job, you need to do your job good. And uh, there are a lot of like there are a lot of great uh, resources where you can learn search engine optimization on your own. You you can start reading search engine land. I don't know blog search engine journal blog. You can read SEMrush blog. You can read Moz blog. There are a lot of resources. Like when when like when I started working with SMRush, I knew nothing about search engine optimization. I spent like one year like reading a lot of things, and that was pretty enough for me to learn a lot about the uh, a lot about the industry because uh, we we are living in the world when the information is free, and it is basically your choice and your desire if you want to learn things because I think we live in the best era possible when the knowledge is basically out there. You just need to go and get it. Of course, you need to invest your time, but it's, it is much easier than before. So I do believe for if you are the beginner, your learning curve nowadays is not that is not that bad. You just need to invest your time in reading like proper blogs, proper resources, and then with sometimes and a bit of experience you can become a really good a really good marketer and of course uh, to to make enough money and to do big projects you need to get rid of uh, routine and because you need to talk to clients or if you're an SEO guy inside the company you need to manage either your team or you need to come come up with some uh, uh, creative marketing solution. So I do believe that the tools like SMRush, they help to free your time uh, for some creative marketing and uh, leave the routine for, for tools like SMRush. When, when you're talking to uh, an, an, a novice SEO versus like, you know, an expert, uh, what are the emotional triggers uh, of a novice SEO 
we try to educate, we try to educate the beginners and our strategy, like as the strategy of any company, you know, like as Gary Vaynerchuk said like five, seven years ago, like he said that every company should become a media company, uh, which means that you should become a media company on your own. So many, many years ago, our like, we started investing a lot of resources, I mean like time and money into SMRush blog, which is like one of the most popular digital marketing blogs in the world now. I think we publish it in seven languages or even like yeah, seven languages. So what we started doing, we started developing our blog both for the beginners. So we started publishing content like one-on-one content, or how to guide, or whatever. So for people who would love to start um, to start their career in digital marketing, so our main like trigger was that we are the place where they can learn uh, marketing with us. And then when we talk about the professional marketers who has been in the industry for uh, I mean for 10 or five or even 20 years. We also had a content uh, which were which which is uh, which is for them, but this is more like the uh, expert opinion content with the quotes, uh, and so it's more about the discussion about the certain topics. Uh, we also um, we also have a like we also use extensively Twitter to connect to the professional marketing communities because all the big names in search engine optimization and content, they use Twitter a lot. And this community is so strong and it, it, is, it, it is super friendly. People, they talk to each other like day and night on Twitter, discussing new trends, Google algorithm, what is going on. So we've tried to build our own name on 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 twitter we we talked and we are talking a lot to uh to the search engine prof- uh, professionals there we exchange the opinions we tweet and uh retweet the opinions uh so yeah i would say that we are using blog a lot for different types of the audience but at the same time we 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 used and you and I use in Twitter a lot to connect with the with established search engine professionals. I am not a math person. I hated math in high school. I actually remember sitting at my desk with tears in my eyes before an algebra two test because I just couldn't get it. I basically dislike quantitative data. I did get geometry. That made sense to me because it's spatial, but numerical equations did not. And I can tell you that despite my aversion to numbers and data, I'm actually pretty good at search engine optimization. I get the basic concepts, and I've been doing it for almost 20 years now. A lot of people in marketing and public relations feel about SEO how I felt about algebra in high school. They hate it. They don't want to learn it. They want to do social media because it's fun, but they don't want to deal with SEO because it's scary. 
Well, I'm living proof that that's not true because I was terrible at math in high school and I learned to do SEO. And you can too, and you should. Because traffic from organic search is better. It's more qualified and it converts. I created a free class on the basics of SEO. It's totally non-technical. There are even a few jokes in there. I try to keep it light and fun. And listeners of this podcast can get free access to the course online right now at ericschwartzman.com forward slash SEO class. Perhaps no skill will serve you better in digital marketing than understanding the basics of search engine optimization. You don't need to be an expert SEO and you don't need to be a techie to understand the basics of how Google ranks search results. Again, my free Basics of SEO class is available to listeners of this podcast at ericschwartzman.com forward slash SEO class. You mentioned Gary Vaynerchuk's every me, every company should be a media company comment, um, which sort of takes us into this category of owned media. Uh, you know, yeah. the, the idea that we should have our own media that we own, that we program as a channel for communications. When when you think about your four years your, that you've been at SEM Rush, and you think about the, the the four different channels of media, owned media, shared media. Mm-hmm. You know, what you say about yourself on social yeah. media, not necessarily what others say, but what you say about yourself. Um, earned media, public relations, media relations, yeah. news media relations, uh, yeah. and then paid media advertising. Is there, has there been a, uh, an order in which you introduced those four channels or were they all used at the same time? When SMR started, it was very interesting because the the channel that helped SMRush to grow a lot was actually the channel of uh, influence marketing. Because when our founders, they built the tool, it was a free tool. They were not going even to, they were not planning to make anything big out of that. They built the tool for themselves. And then they can just connected to the industry influencers and said, hey, guys, we build a free tool. What do you think about that? And those industry influencers, they started using this tool on their daily basis. They said, oh, my gosh, it, it's a great tool. And then our founders they understood, wow, this tool is super helpful. We love it. Industry influencers love it. So we need to start developing it further. And so those influencers, they started sharing, they started sharing the, the, the print screens, they started sharing, I don't know, their opinions about the, the, about the tools. They, start, they started talking about these tools a lot. So it was like 10 years ago or something, nobody was even talking about the influence marketing. But actually, influence marketing helped ASIM Rush like accidentally to become what it is now. Then I would say paid marketing was, of course, always uh, a huge source of growth. We are, we are a SaaS company, yeah? So any SaaS company invests a lot into paid, paid media. You can't go without it, but you, can, you need to always remember that, <laughs> like, if you don't have money, paid media go away from you. Then uh, when we started investing in our blog, 
we became thinking about like the own media, about the organic source of traffic. So we started building the like our own empire of content that help us to get a lot of traffic from Google search, from social media as well. Plus we used paid media to drive traffic to our to our to our blog and to our uh, to our organically run content as well. And then I would say that owned public relations media became uh, became the last the last channel that we started investing. It was the last thing that we we start doing uh, because for starting public relations, first you really need to you really need to build up the product. There is no sense to start going like uh, to to start going outside and start like shouting around that your tool is great. Nobody would believe you if if it it, it is not true. So when we when we built everything, when we had already like Simrush became a really like big name in search and optimization, we start thinking about like a huge public uh, relations support. So it happens like. For and something years ago, when 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 I joined SMRush, we hired a few public uh, relations firms around the world that that help us not to talk about the 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 product itself, but which help us to build uh, uh, the big brand. So we talked about SMRush as a company, as a culture. Uh, about the people, about the expert and professional we have we have in SMRush. So yeah, first was influence marketing, then investments in paid media, then we started growing our content empire with um, uh, with SMRush blog. We launched our YouTube channel. We started getting a lot of organic traffic, which also has been like shared in social media. And then the last but not least, we started investing a lot in public relations. Um, so, you know, not as many people are blogging today as they were, you know, five years ago. Um, what what have you learned from the blog? Um, what works? What doesn't? Give us maybe some do's and don'ts when it comes yeah. to maintaining a blog. Yeah, the thing. <laughs> The, the, the competition is enormous. Uh, so if you started blogging like five or maybe seven years ago, it was very easy to get noticed because there were not that many people blogging. Nowadays, anybody can, can create a blog. So the, the problem is that either you published the best content on the market or you go not. Because like if you are not get ranked on the first page of Google, nobody will ever find you. Because people, they don't go for the second page of Google search result, and they would never go to the third page of, of, of Google search results. So, and Google, Google is super smart. If Google can create uh, uh, autonomously driven cars, Google for sure can understand the quality of the content that you publish. Google became very smart with content. So the only uh, strategy now on the market is to create the best content possible 
on not, on not to create content at all. Because if your content is not cool enough, it wouldn't be loved by Google and it wouldn't be loved by people. And if, if your content is not loved by people, it wouldn't be loved by Google. So it's vice versa. So only like great content or don't go for content marketing at all. This is the only advice I would give. What, what makes great content? Uh, the, the content, the, the only one thing, content should help to resolve a customer or a user or just an ordinary, an ordinary person problem. It can be whatever, whatever problem. It can be a business problem. It can be a personal problem. You just need to pick up one problem that certain amount of people have. It can be maybe just 1,000 of people, but these people can become your customers. But you need to help them resolve this problem. You need to be helpful. This is the only one thing because, uh, you know, like uh, the whole marketing nowadays, it's just about the customer, like, experience. It's about the help to, to the customer. Uh, the world is changing. The uh, the the sales, the style of sales that we used before, like pushing stuff, it's not working anymore. It wouldn't it wouldn't work in the future because people they don't have to be uh, interrupted. So the only thing how you can sell something, it's only by helping. And content here is the best is the best source of help because. When you don't, like 77% or 78 of people, they start their customer journey with Google search. Because if you don't know how to do something or you're looking for something, you go to Google. So you just type your problem. And then you need to make sure that, like as a company, that you create a content that resolves this problem. And then if it resolves this problem and if it's written in a professional way, this content for sure would be uh, noticed and ranked by Google, but it how do it you will determine take... how do you determine which problems people have that you should be writing about? Yeah, you know, like I do believe that uh, of course there are a lot of sources. You can go to Quora. I love Quora. This is my favorite platform. It's the platform where people ask the questions and. Other people, they answer the question. So uh, you can go to Quora and see what people ask there. You can follow Twitter, Twitter accounts of the industry experts and see what the people are talking about. Because if the people are talking about certain things, that means that these things are popular. You can use... But beyond, um, beyond, these, general, beyond these general recommendations, do you have a process at SEMrush for determining what problems you're going to be writing about. Can you tell us about yeah. that? Yeah, we do use Quora. We do use uh, our own uh, tool, SMRush, to see what people search for. Uh, with SMRush, you can see uh, what kind of questions people are asking Google. We have a topic research built inside SMRush. So you can really see what people are asking Google, like what kind of question. Also, we do invest a lot in talking to our customers. Probably, as you know, SMRush invests a lot of money in being like presented around events, around like around around the, around the world. So we do go to the events. We schedule 
interviews to to our customers i do believe just the talks over the phone or just go to your or go to your current or potential customer and talk to them it's one of the biggest source of inspiration and 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 and, and content so you need to do like online research you you can use tools for that you can use google or whatever or you just need to talk to your to your current or potential customers and see what are they what are they conscious about that's it it's pretty simple just just talk to people and do some and do some research we do that constantly and we we met with you at the conference so after that uh, i talked like after after i gave my speech i talked to a lot of like our current customers and i talked to them about like actually about our asimrush blog and for example, they told me that they would love to have more like one-on-one articles on on certain topics. So I just wrote it down and gave those ideas to our content team, so they they know what like our actual customers are looking for. Is the content team um, responsible exclusively for the blog, or do are blog posts written by people who have other jobs at SEMrush? Yeah, it's very, our blog is very interesting because I think that uh, I don't remember the actual the actual number, but 80% of the of the posts that you see on our blog are being created by outside experts. So uh, 80% of the content is being created by invited experts or people who apply for being SMRush uh, contributors. And 20% of content is being created by our inside content team. But this content is more about the, it's more about like product uh, uh, related. So yes, we have like a, a content uh, marketing team which uh, that writes content in, in, in seven languages. But this is more like about the product itself. And then we have a big community of people outside SMRush who create content for our blog, and we, we don't pay them anything. They do that for free because they got a brand awareness from SMRush, and they can get traffic from SMRush to their own personal blogs. Do, um, do they get an inbound link, a follow link? Uh, we don't uh, we don't allow for follow link, but we do allow for links itself. So uh, they, anyway, with the publishing content on our blog, they got a huge like they they got a really a fantastic chance to get like a huge amount of traffic coming from ASIMrush to their own blog post. Plus, by publishing content on our blog. They become more prominent in the industry, so they get uh, speakers opportunities, they get clients uh, opportunities. So it's a pretty like win-to-win situation for us and for the for the blog uh, contributors. But um, but you don't allow them to have a link uh, from their article to their company. We allow the link, but it's not like uh, it's not follow link. I mean, from the search engine optimization perspective, but it's a working link. Yeah, it's a valid Got link. It. It's working. Yeah. 
In terms of um, uh, uh, blogging, has was the blog there four years ago before you started, or is the blog since you've been there? It has been, uh, I think, for a few years, like for maybe two, three years, when I joined SimRush. Because, as I mentioned before, uh, SimRush started its blog like pretty from the very beginning. So yeah, I think it has been our blog. I think is 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 about like seven years old or something. So it's a pretty old blog with a huge domain authority. Yeah. What what sort of categories tend to perform best? Uh that's actually that's very interesting. The best uh, performing categories are always the category the categories which are which are for the beginners. These are one-to-one guides uh, because um, these are they are best performing because those categories uh, they are they're for the most popular like search terms. So most of the people who go for Google they look for uh, for the stuff for the uh, beginners. So the most amount of traffic we got for the one-to-one guides. For the guys who explain like the basic stuff of search engine optimization and the basic stuff of content marketing and, ge- and digital marketing in general. What's the best way to uh, drive to use paid media to drive traffic to a blog? Uh, I think uh, you know what I uh, we personally love uh, Facebook targeting. Facebook targeting is great because uh, it's super advanced uh, and this Facebook you can really nail it. You can target to a specific uh, to, to a specific group of people who will be really interested in reading your content. So I do believe that Facebook is one of the best uh, sources of uh, one of the best sources of um, paid media targeting. Uh, Twitter is performing much, much worse. So we do invest a lot on Facebook, really a lot. And our budget for Facebook targeting, like for Facebook ads campaign, uh, they just grow exponentially. Um, Are you targeting mostly by keyword or do you target, you know, by audience? I can't, I don't know how the paid team does it now, but based on my experience, uh, I usually, when I've been running my stuff, I usually have done it for for audience because Google is great exactly for audience and with targeting for audience and for its uh, interest. And from what I've seen before, I don't know how it's nowadays because I haven't been launching on the campaign on my own for, for quite some time. But in my experience in the past, it worked, it worked pro- perfectly well for the audience-based targeting on their interest. Do you have any experience also, with dynamic search ads? Yeah, we use dynamic search ads a lot. We also use a lot of uh, use a lot of display advertising for retargeting because uh, SaaS business is the business that uh, nobody will buy a SimRush like I don't know like just just from like it's it's uh, it's 
it's not like selling, you know, shoes. It's not the emotional purchase. So uh, you really need to invest a lot in retargeting. Need to like, I think you need to show up your ad like on average 15 times or something. So you get remembered. And uh, so retargeting is huge for us. Retargeting is retargeting and display advertising for retargeting as well. And on the display side, uh, you find that display ads work effectively compared to text ads? Yeah, for us it is uh, because uh, I think it's uh, uh, but it can be, you know, like it it's also can depend on uh, like text ads uh, text sets are great for um, it's, it's it's great for uh, when you are targeting uh, a certain uh, a certain user request for 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 Google. So since if since like the Google search results change a lot, so it's quite difficult to distinguish between paid results and organic results. So paid uh, like text, like search paid um, uh, advertising is great for targeting really like a specific request. And display is great for retargeting the same uh, uh, group of people that you targeted before with the text ads. Before I let you go, I want to tell you about a new report I released that I think you're going to find very valuable. It's about why so many companies fail when they engage a public relations agency or a PR specialist and allocate budget towards earned media. And the deal is this. Before you're ready to go out and try and get press, you really need to understand who you are and what your message is and why you're different than your competitors. You need to know what makes you newsworthy. Now, in the old days, you hired a PR person to do that. They created a press kit and some media pictures, and, and they went after press on your behalf. But the press kit has become the owned media strategy. And when I say owned media, I mean media you own, like your website or your blog or podcast. Until you take the time to get clear on what your message is, and put it out there in an owned media strategy and show why it's newsworthy and why journalists should cover you. It's probably going to be difficult for journalists to get their arms around your story because they just don't have the time. So step one really is an owned media strategy, creating an online presence. After that, you need to build some street credibility by building relationships with influencers within your community. So that when a reporter searches your name, they see you connected with the folks they already consider to be influential in your space. I call that shared media strategy. And that involves the social media platforms you use to engage with others in your community. So if I go online and I see you really don't have much of a presence and no one's really connected to you and you're not really saying much then you become more risky as a prospect to consider covering if I'm a journalist because you're a ghost and you have no credibility. So if you want to be successful at getting press at earned media, 
you really need to start with owned media first and then shared media second before engaging in media relations. I call this a growth PR strategy, moving from owned to shared to earned to paid. And if you'd like more information on this approach, I developed this free report that lays out the strategy, which you can use to make sure you're ready to engage the news media before you start spending money on a public relations agency. And you can download it at ericschwartzman.com forward slash start dash up. Again, you can download it at ericschwartzman.com forward slash start dash up. Thanks for listening. This is Eric Schwartzman for the B2B Lead Gen Podcast. See you next time.